Well, I'm back in Kidderminster to preach the gospel. Very glad and very happy to do that. Uh, it's a bit quiet. It's Thursday evening, around 4 p.m. Lots of people travelling to and fro, going home, so there are people around. But uh, at this time, late in winter, it's it's a little bit subdued. So uh, you'll see from the photograph that I put up that uh, the town hall is still covered in scaffolding and uh, surrounded by a steel fence, and uh, that does tend to affect the area. So. Um, but it's the same gospel that's being preached here and uh, thank the Lord for that gospel thank the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ who died for sinners like you and me and I'm saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone how can I not preach this gospel how can I not speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, declare that gospel which, which has been set forth in, in the Word of God in the Bible that the Lord Jesus loved me and laid down his life for me and uh, who uh, is such a lovely saviour of those who put their trust in him. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you found the Lord Jesus Christ to be your saviour from sin? Father, I ask and pray that this uh, time of gospel preaching would be used for your glory and that uh, you would have mercy upon those who hear the word of God and I pray Father that conviction of sin would fall upon this town and I pray that you return here, having been here before, uh, over centuries Lord you poured out your spirit on Kidderminster and many people here found the Lord Jesus to be their saviour from sin I pray Father that you would do it again unworthy sinners, rebellious sinners hor sins against you Lord uh, and they are your enemies, Lord, and I was your enemy until you found me and brought me to the Lord Jesus. But I pray, Father, that your mercy would be found here, that there would be conviction of sin falling upon this town, falling upon the people, that people would be in agony over their sins and seek a saviour and find the Lord Jesus is the only one that can satisfy the desires of their hearts and the needs of their souls. Father, thank you that your Son came into the world to die for sinners just like me and many others. And uh, Father, thank you that salvation is by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. And so I ask and pray for your blessing on the preaching now, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, there's some background noise um, that might affect whether or not I publish this, but uh, it won't stop me from preaching the gospel or people from hearing it. Well, good afternoon. It's my privilege to be here and to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus is that saviour from sin, the only saviour that there is, the only one who can deliver us from the wrath to come, the only one who can give us salvation and everlasting life. The Lord Jesus, my friends, will either be your saviour to everlasting life or he will be your judge to everlasting damnation and torment in hell fire. Repent of your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that your sins might be washed away by his blood, that you might find the salvation that comes from God and from God alone. Turn from your sins and believe on the Lord. Jesus Christ. <coughs> yeah, there's a car, of course, trying to move me. Um, <laughs> even though this is a pedestrian precinct. <laughs> oh dear. Turn from your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn and flee from the wrath to come and find that salvation that can be found in no other name but in the name of Jesus Christ.
He is the Saviour of the world. He is the one that delivers from sin. He is the one that gives everlasting life. He is the one that will save you, deliver you from the wrath to come. Now here in Colossians, the book of Colossians, in the New Testament, in the Bible, in the book of Colossians, we read these words from the Apostle Paul. Speaking of Jesus Christ, he says, In whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins <coughs> even the forgiveness of sins in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins Paul is speaking about the death of Jesus Christ Paul is speaking about the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made in the place of sinners Paul is speaking about the death of the Lord Jesus, the shedding of his blood, the breaking of his body. The Lord Jesus Christ was taken by cruel hands and raised up between the heavens and the earth. And he died in the place of sinners like you and me and laid down his life paying the penalty for sin so that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we have everlasting life. If we do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we cannot have life. We cannot know the salvation which comes from God we cannot know the mercy of God apart from faith in Jesus Christ. We each have an undying soul. And every one of us must judge, stand before the judgment throne of Almighty God and give an account. You must stand before God. You must give an account for your words, for your lies, for your swearing, for your sexual immorality and so on. And God is a God who says the wicked shall be turned into hell. So he will turn you into hell. He will cast you into hell. Whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life, the Bible says, was cast into the lake of fire. And you will be cast into the lake of fire if you do not find Jesus Christ. You will die in your sins. And on the day of judgment he will say to you, Depart from me, cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So God has prepared a place for you in everlasting fire. That is why you need Jesus Christ. That is why you must repent of your sins. And you must cast yourselves on Jesus Christ. Because without Jesus Christ you cannot be saved. You cannot escape the fires of hell. After death comes judgment. Not annihilation, not reincarnation. Judgment. And God is a holy God. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But you see the Lord Jesus Christ, my friends, he said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me, Jesus said, shall not walk in darkness. 
If you turn to Jesus Christ, if you find the Lord Jesus Christ, if you seek the Lord Jesus Christ, if you lay hold of the Lord Jesus Christ in your hearts by faith, if you obtain that saving interest in the Lord Jesus, then you will not walk in darkness. Jesus said, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Oh, my friends, the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus will save you from your sin. He is a great Saviour. He is a lovely Saviour. He is a wonderful Saviour. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and He is the Saviour of all those who put their trust in Him. But you have not put your trust in Jesus Christ. You have had no time for Him. You have lived your life in pleasure or the pursuit of pleasure. When things have gone wrong, you blame God. But you say you don't believe in God, but you blame Him all the same for the things that go wrong in your heart and in your life. Well, the Bible makes it very clear. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That means we live in a nation of fools. We live in a nation of the godless, of the unworthy, of the vile, of the corrupt, of sinners. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. Or then we say, well, I do believe in God, but we serve a false God. Buddha is a false God. Allah is a false god. Islam never got anybody to heaven. But it sends an awful lot of people to hell. Islam is false, fraudulent and fake. Islam is not the truth of God, neither is it the salvation of God. The salvation of God is found in Jesus Christ alone, who is the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. And we read in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you won't perish if you find, if you know Jesus Christ. And you cannot perish, you cannot go to hell if you know the salvation that comes from God. On the cross of Calvary, he who was pure, he who was lovely, he who was holy, he who was righteous, he who was just, he who never sinned, he who never told a lie, he who never looked at a woman to lust after her in his heart, he who always did that which was pleasing to his Father in heaven, he who is altogether without corruption, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave himself a sacrifice for sinners. He surrendered himself up. He was taken by cruel hands and nailed to a cross and raised up between the heavens and the earth. And he became a curse for us. He bore the wrath of God. The wrath of his Father in heaven was poured out on Jesus Christ. As he died upon that cross, in the place of sinners like you and I, the Lord Jesus bore the penalty for sin. 
and nothing else can pay the price for sin. You can't save yourselves. So many people say, I'll go to heaven, I'm a good person. You're not a good person. The Bible says you're not a good person. It's not me that says that, it's God. Compare yourself to the commandments of God. You have broken them, you are guilty. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He will not allow us into his holy place. He has prepared a place for us, a place of damnation, a place of judgment, a place called hell, hell fire and torment. And the great need for every single one of us is that we would find the salvation that comes from God. Now, here in Colossians, Paul says, speaking of Jesus Christ to the Colossian Christians, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You see, if you know Jesus, your sins are forgiven. But if you don't know Jesus, your sins remain upon you. You are dead in your trespasses and in your sins. And if you are dead in your trespasses and sins, on the day of judgment, when Jesus Christ, seated on the throne of heaven, calls you before him, you will be without excuse. One lie would see you cast into hell for eternity. One swear word would see you cast into hell fire forever. That is how serious sin is before a holy God. The God who made the heavens and the earth. The God who sits on the throne of heaven. The God who holds all those who are in rebellion against him on this earth in derision. Now much, much conversation is going on in England at the present time about the subject of immigration. Now, our government doesn't seem to be able to handle that issue. Whatever your opinion is, our government doesn't seem to be able to handle that issue. They seem to be unable to govern and rule the country. The police seem to be unable to maintain law and order anymore. Now, this is the sign of a country, England, having forsaken God. We killed our unborn children. We slaughtered them in our hospitals and now in our homes. We said they weren't humans, they weren't people. And that very government of which I speak is now trying to push through laws to allow abortion even up to birth, which is an exceedingly wicked sin before Almighty God. Every one of us was made by God. Every one of us was made in his image. Oh, yeah, I know we have mums and dads, I know that. But we were made by God in his image. Male and female in his image. So abortion is an exceedingly wicked sin before Almighty God. It is the murder of the unborn child. It is the slaughter of the innocents. It is the shedding of innocent blood. And God sees it. Now you wonder why England is in a mess. We have forsaken God. We have forgotten God. Professing ourselves to be wise. We became fools. Foolish enough to tell little girls that it could be boys. Foolish enough to tell little boys they could be girls. Thereby storing up great distress and trouble for them in days to come. We have sown the wind. 
We are reaping the whirlwind. But that's nothing compared to the coming judgments of God and the coming wrath of God and the outpouring of the wrath of God that is to come upon England and upon the nations of the world. How do you know that, you say? Well, I read my Bible. People will say, if there is a God, why are there wars? Why doesn't he stop the wars? How many wars has God stopped that you don't know about, my friend? The Bible says he makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. But the Bible also tells me that before the Lord Jesus Christ returns, there are going to be wars of such magnitude, of such destruction, of such catastrophe, global wars, as to make World War II even look like a global skirmish. And I'm not saying that lightly. 70 million people were killed in World War II as a result of that war. But there are far greater wars to come. Wars in which billions die. Not millions, billions. That's what the Bible tells me. And the Bible says all these things are coming before the return of Jesus Christ. They are a sign of the outpouring of God's wrath upon the nations. And let me tell you without any question whatsoever that God is angry with England. That God is angry with us because of our sins. Because of our folly. Because of our foolishness. Because of abortion. Because of transgender ideology. Because of lying. Because of sexual immorality. Because of drunkenness and drug taking. Because of godlessness and blasphemy. Because we have forsaken this book and we have forsaken the Saviour who is spoken of in this book, in the Bible. The Bible says we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But speaking of Jesus, it says, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The iniquity of us all. Jesus is the sin bearer. He is the saviour of the world. But you won't have him. Because you from an early age were taught to mock. You believed in evolution. Well the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. If you think that nothing can explode, then I think that I would like to ask you how it is that you think that nothing can explode and create everything. If you think that... If you think that man can somehow evolve from some kind of primordial soup, then I would like to know how you think that man can evolve. How can a human eye? How can a human hand? And the evolutionist can't answer those questions. With some bravado, a man like um, Richard Dawkins will come along and claim that he can, but no. No, you can't answer those questions. You can't explain DNA. You can't explain the extraordinary structure of DNA or the remarkable information that is contained within DNA. You can't explain anything, but you don't believe in God because you heard of somebody called Charles Darwin. And you think that Darwinism explains everything. It explains nothing. Nothing whatsoever. But you have been taught to believe that science has all the answers. Well, let me tell you where science leads. 
There are endless videos now on YouTube of people being blown, blown to smithereens, blown to smithereens by the most advanced and most extraordinary weapons. And the whole thrust of these videos isn't to show the horrors of war, although undoubtedly it shows the horrors of war, but to boast about the wonderful, new-fangled, high-tech, amazing weapons that have been invented and are being invented constantly to destroy the lives of others. That's where science leads. Science leads to the prospect of nuclear conflagration. Science leads to the destruction of children in our hospitals and in our homes. Science leads us to say that a man can become a woman. I cannot think of anything less scientific than that. But we were so scientific, science was going to do away with the need of God. We cannot live without God. And so professing ourselves to be wise, we became fools. How many are there in the medical profession who go along with the notion that if a man says he's a woman, he's a woman. He can go into a woman's space, he can go into a woman's changing room, he can compete in women's sports just because he says he is. What nonsense, what lies, what moral perversion, what moral iniquity and corruption is present in our schools and in our councils and in our society in these days in which we live. Now that, I submit to you, was the end of science. People coming out of universities who have degrees in biological science, believing in transgenderism, it's stupid, it's foolish, it's nonsense, it's a lie. You can't change sex. You might want to, you might like to, you might think you can, but you can't. You can't change sex. You can't, if you're a man, become a woman. And you can't, if you're a woman, become a man. No man has ever in the whole of history become a woman. It's not possible for that to happen. Yet our society is founded on the view that a person can be whatever they want. In our schools, children are taught that the most important thing is that they express themselves. People end up writing their so-called pronouns on their emails. And it tears society to pieces. And it shows that we have become fools before Almighty God. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And all because we have forgotten God. And all because we have cast off the knowledge of God and forsaken the word of God. We can live without God and look at the fools we've become. Science hasn't saved us, it's enslaved us. Science hasn't given us the answers, it's turned us mad. We are insane with our own folly, with our own lies. We were made by God, we were made male and female in the image of God and we were created to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. When we live without God, we spiral down into darkness. When we reject the knowledge of God, we think we are wise and that we will be happy. But there is no peace, God says, for the wicked. And you can't have peace without Jesus Christ. Oh, you might get a fleeting peace for a short time in some circumstances. But you cannot have the peace that comes from God 
You cannot have the peace that comes from knowing that your sins are forgiven, that the Lord Jesus Christ has washed away your sins by his blood. He has made you clean. He has fitted you for heaven. He has given you everlasting life. Again, Paul's saying of Jesus Christ to the Colossian Christians, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so you see, what we need is the forgiveness of our sins. We need to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to be made clean. We need to be forgiven for our sins. We need the salvation that comes from God. We need to find the Saviour whom God has sent. We need to cast ourselves on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because without Jesus Christ you will die in your sins. And if you die in your sins, you will go to hell. If you do not turn, if you do not seek the Lord, if you do not repent of your sins, if you do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. And the wrath of God remains upon you. That is why I must preach this gospel. I must preach to you the resurrection from the dead. Now Jesus told us that there is a resurrection of the just and the unjust. There is a resurrection of the just to everlasting life, but there is a resurrection of the unjust to everlasting torment in hell fire. Everlasting torment in hell fire. The wrath of God, the judgment to come. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you cannot escape the fires of hell. Your lies will drag you down to hell. Your sexual immorality and sexual sin will drag you down to hell. Your drunkenness will drag you down to hell. Your godlessness and your idolatry will drag you down to hell. Your unbelief and rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ will drag you down to hell. Because there is a wrath to come. And there is a judgment to come. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, there is one God, but there are three persons within the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ is God the Son. And he is the saviour of the world. He died on the very cross of Calvary and was laid in the grave and was raised from the dead on the third day by the power of Almighty God. And today Jesus Christ is seated on the throne of heaven far above all principality and power. But you see, God sees it. God sees, you see, all you're doing, all you're doing is showing the corruption, the darkness, the foolishness and the wickedness that is in your heart. You see, all that comes from your heart. And God sees it. And it is to Almighty God that you must give an account. And it is before God that you must stand. And it is to God that you must answer for your foolishness 
for your foul language, for your idolatry, for your sexual immorality. And the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God, you will be turned into hell. If you do not repent of your sin and do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now God has set before you his mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has revealed it to you. He has shown it to you. He has declared it to you in that very cross of Calvary. But there is a saviour who died to save sinners. That there is a saviour who will deliver you from your sin. That there is one who was dead and is risen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is remarkable. It is amazing. He was dead and is alive. There are no resurrections in the National Health Service. Occasionally, occasionally there may be resuscitations. But if you are resuscitated, you haven't truly died, have you? Maybe your heart stopped and been restarted, but you haven't truly died. But the resurrection of the dead is extraordinary. And Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of Almighty God. He is not dead. He is risen. But you will not have him. You will not pay attention to his resurrection. You do not care. You love your sins. You live in darkness and you love darkness rather than light. You are called upon and commanded in the Bible to repent of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but you won't do it. And therefore, you remain in your sins and therefore you cannot escape the wrath or be delivered from the judgment to come. Turn from your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will find the salvation which comes from God alone. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall have life to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray, thank you for those who listened, but I pray, Lord, as they mocked and as they held the preacher in derision and as they had no idea what they were mocking or no idea that the Lord Jesus Christ will hold them accountable, I pray, Lord, that the fear of God would fall upon them, upon the people of Kidderminster, people who are very, very happy to reject the Lord Jesus Christ would turn from their sins and find him. I pray that your mercy would be revealed. I pray that your salvation would be um, set forth before sinners in these days. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would have mercy upon this town of Kidderminster. I pray, Lord, that these would not perish in their sins, Father. I pray that you would deliver them, and, oh, Lord, that they would find mercy. And I pray that Jesus Christ would be glorified. I pray that he would be glorified not just in the preaching of the gospel, but also in the salvation of sinners. Oh, Lord, I, I don't think in history there's been any time when men's hearts were harder than they are now, Lord. But you can break the hardest hearts, and you can melt the greatest um, rebellion against you, Lord, away. You can bring the mountains flowing down at your presence. 
Father, I pray that you'd have mercy on this town of Kidderminster. I pray that you would save sinners. I pray that you would take the word that's been preached today and use it for your glory. And I pray you'd have mercy upon me and help me to do your work and to do your will. In this I ask and pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I'm glad I preached today. A lot of people came past, and uh, some mocked. Um, but uh, I just, uh, I, need, I need wisdom. I need to know, well, you know, I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to find something more. But what more is there? There is only the preaching of the gospel. There is only the setting forth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can't do more than that. And I can't even do that apart from the grace of God. So I think I have to reject the idea that if I was stronger or better or wiser, that I could do more. And um, it's not the case. It's in God's hands. And uh, just, oh, that God would arise. I can do more to pray. I can do more to cry out to God. I can do more to seek Him. I can do more to seek Him and uh, desire to serve the Lord. But... Um, no, I don't do enough and I don't do what I should, but uh, it's in God's hands. And we ought to be crying out to God for this generation in which we live. Worthy as a generation, we are not. When did Jesus Christ ever save the worthy? He only saves sinners, only saves people like me. The chief of sinners, the least of saints. The Lord Jesus is the one who saves sinners. And and we still look to God in hope for the outpouring of his spirit and conviction of sin and the salvation of souls. Oh, that the Lord would take today's message and use it for his glory and the salvation of sinners. Amen.